Hello everyone and welcome back to Languages Week 2023. This entire week is in collaboration between Radio Monash and the Monash School of Languages, Literature, Culture and Linguistics. Throughout the week, we will be sharing interviews from both the dedicated teaching staff and students from clubs and societies who will tell us a little bit more about studying a language and engaging in the culture. Alongside these interviews, we will be playing music from around the world in different languages. So don't forget to check out Radio Monash's social media page and website to find out more on when stuff is airing and when. But today I will be interviewing Jessica, who also happened to be my introductory teacher last year. So hello, Jessica. How are you? How's your day been? Bonjour, Georgie. Bonjour et bienvenue. <laughs> Um, very nice to be in your studio today. Mm -hmm. And I would love to start off with talking a bit about what some of the units you teach and a little bit about yourself. So maybe we could start with how you began teaching French all the way from Mauritius. Yes, so I'm originally from Mauritius and I moved to Australia in 2009. Uh, I moved here actually because I wanted to teach French as a foreign language uh, because in Mauritius uh, we speak French mm. and I really wanted to teach French as a foreign language and so I came here, I started to work in language centers first and then I ended up at university and I'm very glad to be teaching a university student now. Mm. And I also heard too that you don't just teach introductory French. So for students who don't know, um, Jessica teaches introductory one and two, but I've heard you also teach a research unit. Is that correct? Yes. So, I mean, uh, I'm the coordinator of French introductory. I taught at the of a level of French as well. But this semester in particular, I'm the unit coordinator for European Languages Project. Uh, which is um, a, a, a unit that allows you to, to develop your own research project in one semester. So uh, it really um, um, helps students uh, who will then do a, a, a master, a honors, or even a PhD to go through the steps the processes of going through um, a, a research project. Mm. So it kind of mimic all the processes in a, in a very small scale and it gives you the idea of what is research. And what I would say is particular about this unit is that it's really self-directed and it mm -hmm. allows you to develop your own project, something you are really interested about. So it's a great stepping stone, especially for those students who want to go on and do further research at postgraduate level. Exactly. And it gives you an experience of the guidance of a supervisor because you, you get supervisor from the different target language. Yeah, which yeah. is really, really cool. So... If you've, and I, I believe you have to have studied profi at the proficient level, is that yes. correct? Yes, a minimum, so that because you are expected to, um, to complete the assessment in the target language. Yes, cool. And I guess moving on a little bit to introductory, because I think the great thing about having an introductory teacher here is that if we can convince students to come and learn French at Monash, introductory is where you're going to start. One of the things that a lot of students had, a lot of my friends had when we started introductory was why is the unit taught with a culture component? Because a lot of students are like, I don't want to learn culture. I'm here to learn French, just French. I want to go and speak. But you can't really learn a language without culture. Is Would you agree with that statement? Oh, absolutely. Uh, language and culture can't be dissociated. Uh, mm. So actually, you when you learn a language, you understand better the culture. And when you learn about the culture, you appreciate the language better. 
So it, it goes together. And, uh, and what I would say is about what we do at universities that we, we teach you both. If you mm. go in a language center, you would only learn the language. Here, we teach you about the culture. We also teach you about uh, you know, how, how to develop your, your critical thinking and, uh, and, and to open up to the world by knowing another culture. Definitely. And I'd also say from personal experience too, there are so, just like how in English, there are so many phrases. Like I was chatting to an American the other day and I used the word cactus. It's a slang word. It has historical ties. And he's like, what? Why would you use the word cactus to mean something dead? Like the normal context is, oh, oh, what happened to your car? Oh, it's cactus. It died. It died on the road. And Australian culture, well, you kind of, if you want to live here, you do need to know a little bit of slang. But also when I was enjoying French media, there are so many unique phrases and certain, um, what's it called, cultural ideas that stem from a culture knowledge that you just won't get. Yeah. Um, for instance, one of the things we touched on in introductory was learning about les Gaulois, les Gaulois mm-hmm. and that whole idea of uh, the French, what do you call it, French nationalism and that really strong French identity that honestly has helped me so much in understanding further exactly. French stuff. Mm. And if you want to enjoy films, me- media and TV shows, you can't really you can't really just watch it in French yeah. without knowing and that background. And also the humour that you yes, can't translate. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. And I guess moving on to a cool thing that I thought was very interesting is what would you say is a really cool grammatical feature of French? And I also want you to touch on too, like we discussed before the interview, how English students, or at least uh, Australian students, when they come into introductory, they, we actually don't know much about grammar of our own language. Yes, and I think this is something that I actually discovered when I uh, first taught in Australia because mm. uh, I had my education in a French uh, system where a lot of emphasis is put on, on grammar. And, uh, and I've noticed that um, students uh, here in Australia don't have that knowledge of basic grammar no and uh, the coolest thing about uh, teaching grammar uh, French grammar is that I'm, I'm also um, uh, teaching to my student uh, uh, grammar uh, English grammar <laughs> in a way <laughs> things that they, have, they haven't done at school and but they, they learn it through French and they, 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 they learn more about their language and I think that's a that's a cool thing about. It is, uh, it and is. I know that some students tell me that, oh, we haven't heard about the direct object before. I'm glad now I know what it is. But that's full French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just and it's interesting too because without knowing my own grammar, it really made, it was a struggle for me initially with learning French and how you explain it through introductory, I'm amazed at how much I know. Like I was having a casual conversation the other day. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a transitive verb. Someone's like, what, what, what's a transitive uh, verb? How do you even cool, know right? that? <laughs> Which is like, I don't know if that makes me cool, but like I have this knowledge that I can take. Or for instance, something that was really valuable that I learned in intermediate was active and passive voice. Mm. I knew how to do that in English, but I didn't know what it was called. And so it was great. So if I wanted to write, um, you know, more formal French stuff, I've got that in my backpack of skills that I can do, which is very, very cool. Um, But one of the things I'd also love to chat about is some of the opportunities at Monash to take French with you abroad. So do we have any like partner universities? I know there's Prato as well. Mm -hmm. And I believe you also have a cool trip to Nouvelle-Calédonie, also New Caledonia for for English speakers. Yes, so we have, so first of all, we have this intensive course in Prato. 
um, in, in summer, I mean European summer, and, uh, and then we have, usually we do it in, in, uh, in, Europe, in uh, summer in New Caledonia, but maybe next year we are going to do it in winter. Uh, uh, so it's a study tour uh, to New Caledonia. We did it the first time in 2019, and then we couldn't repeat it because, you know, of all the disruption with COVID. Mm. But we are really hoping to do it again next year. So it's, it's uh, I mean, I was in the last um, study tour taking 20 students with us. It was a great experience to discover um, uh, you know, the, the, the culture, we, uh, students lived in, in a tribe there and they mm. really uh, learn about uh, what it is to be with, with the Kanak culture. Mm. And that actually brings me to a topic that I don't, I didn't actually put this in the questions, but it just come to me because I remember when I was chatting to Carlos, who is from the Spanish program, how he was saying that they try not to use one specific accent when learning Spanish. But with French, like I know an introductory for um, the ease of learnability, we use the textbook Alter Ego, which normally I think is spoken normally with a Parisian accent. Um, but how do students find understanding the accent of French spoken in New Caledonia? Did they find it easy or difficult? Or uh, I think the the the, the, the French this, you mean the the, the French people speak there it's, it's yeah. quite easy to understand no mm. it's not um, a hard accent to be honest like student can't really make the the difference between the different mm. accent uh, you know when, when you learn a language it's when you know the language very well that you would be able to really say okay this accent is quite different from this other yeah I, I think probably the one that you distinguish quite quickly is the French Canadian accent. To the, oh yeah, yeah definitely. This, this one is... Quebecy French. Yeah, I'm saying that because the other day my my friend wanted to watch a Cana- Canadian movie and I was struggling my, myself <laughs> to understand. So I asked, can you put, put the, the subtitles, subtitles on? <laughs> oh gosh. I, like, yeah. I don't know what happened in Canada. They were just like, no, nah, we're going to do our own thing. It's, it, it's wild. Honestly, it's wild. Um, but I guess, well, moving on and speaking about movies, since you brought up a movie, do you have a movie that you really like to recommend to students to uh, learn a bit about culture, but also to practice their language skills? If I had uh, to, um, to recommend a movie to students, I think it would be uh, L'Auberge Espagnol, uh, Spanish apartment in English, um, uh, because because the context of, of, of this movie, it's about um, students going on Erasmus, Erasmus program in Europe. So, uh, so they, they move to Barcelona and they live together. Mm. And it's students from different uh, places, uh, different parts of Europe, um, having to live together. They, um, so they share an apartment and all this adventure, you know. I, I relate very much to this, to, this, uh, to this movie because I was a student myself in yeah. Europe when it was released. And then it became a tri- trilogy because there were two of a movie after this one. And I kind of got older with the movie because the, the, the actors, which were the same actor, got older as well. Mm. And, I, and I could relate to the different... Uh, you know, ages. Like situations, yes, yeah. and it's um, it's it's good to learn about uh, cultural um, awareness of the, you know different culture in Europe. And in one of the um, uh, of the trilogy, they also found themselves in Asia. So it's it's yeah. interesting to see all these dif- cultural uh, differences. Yes. Mm. 
what about music? Do you is there some French music that you really love to listen to or certain artists that you really enjoy? Uh, yeah, my favorite artist is uh, Christine and the Queen. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I love her song, and and my favorite song of her is uh, Intranquillité. Ah, have you put that on the playlist? Uh, I think so. <laughs> I think I put the oldest song, though, but yeah, I should add well, this one. <laughs> we should add this one. Hopefully, hopefully we'll play after this interview, which is really cool. Um, but. I think one thing that I'd love to touch on, because earlier before the interview started, you were saying when you came to Australia, you know, and speaking English and whatnot, that was a quite intimidating experience. Do you have advice for students who, let's just say, they've learned French as much as they can at university, but they finally decide to move abroad? That ex- that situation of talking to new people in a different language is quite intimidating and I know can cause a lot of anxiety for some students. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice to those students who are like, oh, I'm going to give it my best shot, but I'm really nervous to move overseas and speak in a language that's not my first? Or what What would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, I found myself in, in, in the same situation because, you know, um, I was speaking French with my family. I grew up in a French-speaking environment, being at school in French as well, and, uh, and then university in France. So I was really in a French um uh, atmosphere when I moved mm. here and I had to use English. Uh, before before moving to Australia, I only learned English as a foreign uh, language at school, which is like just three, four hours per, per, per week. And mm. that's it. I did not have much practice. So my advice to students who would move to a foreign country when, where, where the language is spoken is don't be afraid. Just uh, speak as much as you can. Make mistakes. Uh, usually people are, f- are forgiving, you know, they, mm. they know you are, you are a foreigner trying to, le- to, to speak their language and they do appreciate that. Mm. So uh, use gesture sometimes, <laughs> it, it helps. And, um, and go to social events, mm. um, try to uh, embrace the culture through the music, movies, whatever you can. I mean... Uh, if, if you found yourself in, in a country where, where the language is spoken, that, that's the best way for you to, to learn the language and, and just try to relax and, and, and not think too much about the grammar and yeah. all you were taught <laughs> <laughs> and, and just, just let it be. Just go for it. Yeah. It's one of those things where I think it's very hard initially, but because it is so, you really are thrown into the deep end, yeah. you can kind of escalate in how uh, much your language uh, progresses. And one of the things I'd love to touch on though is, and I think you were, what's it called, alluding to it before the interview, that even for you when you move from Mauritius to France, the people in Paris uh, have interesting attitudes <laughs> towards students who are learning French. I'd love for you to just, I'm happy to roast the Parisians and like highlight the South or the North because I think the, like, is the stereotype true? Let's start there. Well, um, I haven't lived in Paris. I, I, I studied in Nice in the South mm. of France, but I, I went to Paris for, for visits. Um, 
it's true that uh, Parisians have a um, kind of snobbish attitude, <laughs> but uh, that's not towards the, the, the learner. I think mm. it's towards anyone. Mm. Because even me as a French speaker, I, I didn't feel very welcome yeah. there. And people are, are really, you know, in a rush and doing their own things. They're in their own and they, they, they wouldn't help. I mean, from my experience, <laughs> they wouldn't help you if you're lost and, and things like that. And that's a typical... Parisian attitude, yeah. I would say, uh, but it's it's not good to generalize. No, of not, course. Not, not, not good to generalize, <laughs> but still. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think I appreciate Paris for other things. But yes. uh, in pretty terms architecture, of <laughs> beautiful paintings, and all the culture there. But but there is nice, so much about yes. um, you know France, and not just France, but no. but French-speaking countries mm. that you know because when often when students learn French. Uh, uh, they have this idea in mind about just France and just the Paris, but French mm. language is it's much more than than, oh, than the hexagon or even so it's spoken everywhere in the world. And yeah, look, I come from Mauritius, <laughs> so uh, it's it's so it's so vast, and I think that was actually quite shocking for me when I did start at introductory. Like I knew it was quite a global language, but I didn't realize just how far the spread was. Um, the only thing I have against the French language of like French French from um, France is the numbers after 60 <laughs> are ridiculous. Um, like Belgium and Switzerland have it correct. They've, they've <laughs> altered that. Have they done that in Africa or in Mauritius as well? And it's just left to France or has France decided no? No, no. In, in, in Africa and, and, and Mauritius, we, we, we follow no. the French way. Yeah. And so for English speakers who have no idea what I'm talking about, um, <laughs> up to 60, how you count is very much like English. You know, you've got 62, 64. But after that, it loses all hope. So for 70s, it's like saying 60 plus 12 or like 60 plus um, 17. For the 90s and 80s, it's even worse. For 90s, it's literally four times 20 20. plus like 12 or plus 13. <laughs> it's 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 stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. So that's why it's very funny. Yeah. And, um, and for me, actually, when I had to teach this, uh, <laughs> of course, for me... Then I had to think how I should teach it, yeah. Because it, it it is my first language, and I never thought about you know uh, how to explain it um, to uh, to people who don't speak French. So I had to do this like you know the calculation thing, yeah. and and that was that was funny because I don't like math. I'm really bad, and I and I and I come up with. <laughs> calculation I was showing that to my student and I look at their face and I recognize some of them probably don't like math like me so <laughs> no you don't expect to walk into a French class and be subjected to math um, which is very funny um, but no I still I can I still remember the first class I'm like you're kidding right <laughs> how, how did this get through but one of the best things is that because we're in the 21st century now the years are so much easier yeah. I can't imagine learning French in the 80s <laughs> or 90s because saying like 1993 they say the full thing it would be 1993 but when you add on the four times 20 <laughs> plus 13 it's so long whereas my birth year it's just 2002 it's i'm so happy about that anyway <laughs>
that that that's just my tangent um but another thing i'd love to chat to you about seeing is how you said when you came to melbourne you know a lot of your friends are also francophonie and french speakers themselves i'd love if you could talk a bit about the french culture in melbourne because for instance i know the alliance Française, which for people who don't know who the alliance Française are they're an international french organization and they normally they pop up in a lot of cities around the world they host events they also help teach classes in french and whatnot um, i know they're quite active here so i'd love if you could talk on the french culture in melbourne and how students can potentially immerse themselves in french in melbourne even though they're thousands of kilometers away from a lot of the french-speaking countries Yes, uh, so definitely through um, um, Alliance Française, so they have a lot of events. Uh, they have like a regular, I think, cafe. Yeah. Um, um, like a talking group. Petit déjeuner, and they have something with wine and cheese. Uh, they have a, uh, now they have a pop-up uh, uh, at Madame Bruxelles. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. And they, they have some uh, events. At the moment, they have the fake news um uh, contest. Uh, mm. they, they, they run that contest, which was open to all u- uh, uh, university students, and they have an exhibition about that. And they, you know, they have the uh, mu- for the music day. They have concerts and 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 things like that. Um, there was there was a numerous uh, uh, from uh, Br- French British uh, humorists who came uh, in June. Oh, uh, Paul, um, Paul Taylor. I, I saw him. Yeah, it was <laughs> great. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, each time there is something like that in mm. Melbourne, it's well, yeah, I, of course I don't miss it because it's it's quite rare. But we also have the French theatre. Um, uh, Le Théâtre Français de Melbourne, uh, which is not Alliance Française, but uh, it, it is, I, I can't remember the name of the director, <laughs> but okay. he, he they, they have um, uh, like French a, a plays play, and stuff? A play yeah. every year. Uh, it's usually towards the end of the year, but a um, very good way to, to learn about uh, the French culture and language because it's, it's played in, in, in French, of course. And uh, and generally, he uh, the actors are, are, are some some of them are, are student of French, so it's yeah. very good to, to to see the performance. And um, so we have the French Film Festival, which is organized by the Alliance Française, and it's always uh, it's always sold out. Like I went to two <laughs> films that like it was packed. Yeah, and, and we have an association here called Melbourne Accueil. Oh, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a member of, of this association, so I have to say it's more of about French, the French community, mm-hmm. and it's 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 to support the 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 the, the, the pre-existing community yeah, here. Yeah. I mean the new people, the expat coming from mm-hmm. uh, from France, but also they have some activities that are open to to everybody, and it's it's a good way for 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 people uh, from. Who want to to interact in French to to be to be in touch with the language and the culture, mm. and uh, I, I know that there are some meetups as well mm. uh, in Melbourne uh, in in French. So uh, I would encourage you to take all this opportunity. I know that the clubs, the 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 language clubs, run some. Uh, um, conversation yeah, sessions. Um, I'll, I'll plug them because I spoke to them yesterday. The Monash French Society, they run Le Salon. Yes. Um, I think at 
this this semester it's every Monday. I'm not sure what time, but it's every Monday at the moment. But mm. yeah, so nice something on campus. But that's great to hear that there's actually a lot of stuff happening in Melbourne. Mm. Um, because I find too that if you, what's the point in learning a language if you can't engage with it? And yeah. obviously going overseas is lovely, but not all of us have the, <laughs> the, the cash yeah, yeah, lying yeah, yeah, around yeah. to go every year. So that the is The beauty great about to hear. learning a language is to be able to communicate, mm. you know, and even if it is not perfect French, uh, if you're able to communicate to make yourself understood, understood. Yeah. That, that that's that's a big thing and is and, and you are opening yourself to other culture you're learning from them and and that's a great uh, experience but also it's interesting because that brings up this whole concept of fluency which i find so fascinating so before i started learning a language and i know a lot of other people had the same opinion of, oh, are you fluent in this language? Are you fluent in this language? And they're like, oh, I, or there's a lot of books out there where it's like, be fluent in French in three months and all that stuff. And fluency, I don't think anyone can truly reach true like fluency, like even in your own native language. Mm. And the best analogy I saw for this was, like, you know what, I'll, I'll give a Radio Monash example. So I'm not the most technological uh, person. Like, I'm good with the basic stuff, but some of the stuff here that happens at Radio Monash is far beyond my knowledge. I cannot name most of the equipment in this room <laughs> in English. Like, how would I be expected to know that in, like, in French too? So this idea of fluency, you just need to get to a point where... Yeah. You can, uh, you can do basic conversations, everyday stuff. And maybe if you go and work or if you go study, have a little bit of extra stuff. But mm. you don't need to be fluent <laughs> in a yeah. language. And I don't even think fluency truly exists. Mm. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah. Just have to be comfortable and, and be able to, to have a decent level. Mm. And uh, I would say to that question about uh, how far you can get yeah. uh, like fluent or proficient in mm. the language... It all depends on, on, on the student mm. because some students have, um, it's easier for them, you know, languages, because maybe because they have a background, they have mm. learned other languages, and it's, it's just easier. But um, it's also about the effort you put in it, you know. Mm. Some students are, are, are more perseverant and, and, uh, and practice and do a lot of... Uh, put in the hard work. Yeah, for, for some <laughs> some people, the lucky one are the one that will get it in the oh, first time. Or, or like, for instance, I knew someone who was a an Italian speaker because their grandparents spoke it, and I didn't realize how much Italian is in French or how much French is in Italian. They're very similar. Yeah. She's like, she just breezed through so it. So, of course, these people will have an advantage. But, but look, I had students uh, who were complete beginner who had no French at all and who, who started from scratch with me mm. in the introductory level. And then they were a bit worried when they moved to the, uh, to the intermediate level. And then they, they came and to see me two months later and they told me, look, at the beginning, it was a bit daunting because we were, we, we were mixed with people coming from uh, um, year 12. But after one month, I, I, uh, I picked up and, and, I, and I, was, uh, I, I was better than them. That's Definitely. because we got the good basic. It is from the, from the introductory level, and 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 we learn how to actually be more independent learner uh, at university because you, you you need to take more 
a responsibility Absolutely. about your learning when, yeah. you, when you learn at, at a university level. Mm. And I can actually really second that because yeah. it was interesting. I was terrified of the jump between introductory and intermediate. And whilst the first class I sat with myself and another classmate who was also an introductory and we're like, oh no, what have we got ourselves into? But it was really interesting to see, even though we had all these people come in from VCE with different levels, a lot of them did not have a solid foundation. Like I and my classmate that did introductory, we outperformed the VCE students on grammar, like easily, Mm. because they didn't have that solid foundation. Yes, we were probably lacking with listening comprehension and reading comprehension, but that's only because we'd been learning for a year, whereas these guys had been learning for like years um, in VCE, but we caught up quite quickly. So it's that scary intimidating jump but it's not too bad actually but I'd love for you to I remember there was a story um from into sorry introductory two where I think you said you had a student who got to interview Emmanuel Macron or one of the French presidents and she started from introductory yes she was one of my first students here at Monash and it's uh and I was so glad to hear where she, yeah. she 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 went to from that. So she she did her studies in in so she did until proficient I think, and then she moved to France and 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 she she got a job there, and and she she works in a in a tech or communication um, company. Uh, at, at, and at one point, she she interviewed uh, President Macron, and and she's so fluent. Now she's married to a French yes. guy, and she, <laughs> she got the uh, full French experience. <laughs> she has she has a nationality, and it's, it's so great to see. Like you know, she was an introductory student, mm. and I'm so proud she went she went all that way. Which is so inspiring <laughs> to anybody listening who wants to come and take up French. That you can go quite far, even if you do start a little old introductory. Which, is, which was honestly, when I heard that, it gave me so much relief too because I was very scared that I'd never actually fully catch up or anything. But knowing that someone interviewed the president, like <laughs> how, much, how much higher can you go than and that? And she was so confident there. Yeah. I know, which is so impressive. Um, now, I guess this is a little bit more of a serious topic, but I do know that it is a question that students have a lot. And I think, too, I have not seen as many warnings this year on my own Moodle pages than I ever have before with like ChatGPT and AI. I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more about how whether or not AI is going to replace the need for students to learn a second language. And I think, too, as someone who does speak a second language, Mm. can you use AI or ChatGPT to run your job or whatnot? Because I feel like... That, that just can't, like, there's so much that goes behind a language mm. that an AI or chat GPT just couldn't communicate with. Well, it's, it's true that it is a powerful tool that mm. we, okay, we can't deny that. But for me, learning a language is about the connection with the people. It's about experiencing things. Mm. And this a machine cannot do. No, and uh, and for that reason, I, I'm I'm not scared about my <laughs> the future of my job, <laughs> <laughs> or or the future about uh, you know keep learning or teaching the language because nothing can replace that human contact and. I hope that the technology not. will not. <laughs> I hope not. I don't want to talk to a robot in French. I, I, I hope I'm not here anymore when maybe this happened. But because for me, this is uh, the beauty about learning, a, 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 a knowing a language is about connecting, mm. you know, this exchange of experience, this, this, this life experience. And, 
and and the machine can, can't cannot replace do that. that. Yeah. And I guess then, would you say that learning, or especially like learning English, would you definitely say that that changed your life and opened you up to so many more opportunities and experiences? Yeah, I mean, for sure. As I said, I was not an English speaker at all before I moved here. And I remember how scary it was for me when I first took the train and heard the announcement, you know, that when they tell you to change platform and I, mm. I couldn't understand what I should do. <laughs> <laughs> it was so scary. And I moved from that to now working in a English environment, and I and I did my PhD here at Monash, mm. so writing a thesis in in, in, in English, in English. Yeah. and and I wouldn't be able to do all this without having that, that that second language. So it opens your doors to opportunities, to work opportunities, but more than work opportunities, I would say to social connection, to cultural, uh, opens you to cultural um, um, opportunities. opportunities And and, um, so it's something that you you can't pay, you can't buy this. No, no. And also, you also can't put it into Google Translate and expect to get the same stuff. If there's one thing I've learned that I read a book uh, the English translation first before I started, even studied French. And then I went back and read the French book. There is some, there's just something so different and magical about reading in its natural language that it was supposed to be read through. You can't, you can't translate everything. No. You just don't get the same experience. And mm. um, I guess to kind of finish up now, if you had to invite students to come and learn French, especially as an introductory teacher, what's that final marketing message that you're going to tell? Like, what, why should students come and study French with you? Well, uh, that's a very big open-ended <laughs> question. I know the pressure is on. <laughs> well, students say that French is a beautiful language, right? You know, because I'm so I'm so used to to the sound of it. So for me, it's quite something natural, normal, I would say. But it's it's true that when I compare to other languages, it yeah, it sounds good, and then uh, it, it it opens you to other culture, not just about France, but about the the French-speaking world. Um, it helps you to understand the grammar, um, not only the, the French, very difficult grammar, but <laughs> your own <laughs> grammar. Um, and, and it opens you door to, to careers, career opportunities, uh, travel opportunities, because this is a language that you can use it's in everywhere. so many countries. Yeah. It's everywhere. And, and it's fun. It is fun. And, <laughs> and I want to say because, and I haven't been able to say this in any of the other interviews, but because I took introductory, Jessica was my teacher for both, both semesters. I had her for a whole year. I had so much fun in that unit. French is now my major because of Jessica. No. <laughs> um, I had so much fun. I enjoyed the cultural aspect. Um, we got to read Asterix et Obelix or Asterix uh, and Obelix uh, for English speakers. Uh, Les Adventures du Tintin, The Adventures of Tintin. We got to learn the cultural component. Um, the classes were fun. Um, I did get sick of the alter ego soundtrack, but that was my only complaint. <laughs> like, like there's this little jingle before every single listening comprehension. I'm like, oh, no, we're going to listen to it. But that was literally my only complaint. I had such a great time. I loved um, French introductory. I love the French faculty. I've had such a great time. So... If you have any hesitation, don't go and study French. You will not, you won't, you won't regret it. 
is I'm glad to hear that. And also, I have to say that I think that we in in the French program, we are very passionate Absolutely. about what we do. And um, so it, it helps the, the class it to does. be in a good atmosphere. And like, it's funny, like you go, you, I jump from introductory to intermediate. I'm still having fun. You know, it, it hasn't it hasn't gotten boring or I haven't, you know, lost interest yet. It, it's really been a great time. And all my other friends who I've spoken to have the exact same remark. So you heard it here. You, you heard it from the teacher. You heard it from the <laughs> student. I don't know what more encouragement you need. Like, go study French. And but thank you so much for your time today, Jessica. I really appreciate you coming Merci, out. Georgie. Merci, Georgie. <laughs> and to everyone listening, don't forget to stick around because we've got some French music coming up next. And thank you so much for listening. Have a good one.